0: Skype means
1: and our podcast we are joined by one of the legends of drag one of the bitches that are responsible for me even being allowed to do drag I feel oh, wait let's
2: cancel her cancel her cancel the bitch cancel the loud oh good she's loud oh my god we have Hecklina with us, Legend of San Francisco drag. Welcome to the podcast.
0: Well, thank you. Legend of San Francisco now kind of semi-retired down in Palm Springs, but yes.
1: Hello. Oh yeah. So I remember when you when you retired and I was like, you know, I hope I can retire one day happily and peacefully. You did it on your well, own. I hope, terms you, can, I hope first.
2: you can retire today.
1: <laughs> I didn't. I, did I not. hope you die today.
2: <laughs> well, it, it it may if the, it may happen.
0: Uh, Well, everybody thinks because I moved to Palm Springs that I retired, but really, I just uh, couldn't afford a house in San Francisco, so I bought one down (laughs) here. I know. SF is
2: so expensive. I know, right? How long were you living in San Francisco? 29 years. Because, I mean, you you were the queen mother... Of sorts. I mean, I'm not trying to say that, that, that there's not other well-known San Francisco drag person. There aren't
0: but... any. There aren't any <laughs> other ones. <laughs>
2: I will not tell Peaches Christ and Sister Roma about that. But, I mean, obviously, um, you know, you promote it. Just tell us about your, your history there.
0: Okay, well, I started doing drag theater in the early 90s. And then I started a nightclub that kind of became really successful uh, called Tranny Shack, which you cannot say that anymore
2: (laughs) Uh and uh
0: and then you know i did tranny shack for a very long time and then i bought a nightclub called oasis yes the uh, legendary
1: oasis
0: yes i think i think monet i think that's the last time i saw you was when you were there with bob um, yes. I think, I think you were hosting with me and Bob. Oh, and Peppermint. Yeah, it and was Peppermint. Like, it was yeah, a... they they all oh, showed up. Oh, they
2: all up. look alike. They all look alike, right? <laughs> no, we yeah, were wait, all, no.
1: all three of us. Were, it, was, it was Peppermint, Bob, and myself. I was there. Peppermint showed up in drag as well, and then Bob was out of drag. And then I was the poor white queen on stage <laughs> trying to be like... <laughs> And Bob was uh, a poor black queen, so you know
0: exactly, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> now, what is the connection with you and Lady Bunny? Why do you guys do a podcast together?
1: So you know, we don't know. I, <laughs> I that's obviously—that's what we ask ourselves. <laughs> <at the episode. laughs> you know, I ran around. I ran around the streets of New York City. I would, I would sometimes bump into Lady Bunny. Um, sometimes bump into Lady Bunny at the Monster. Sometimes and. Bunny and I, through through New York City and Drag Race and Voss events. We exchanged numbers, and I would talk to Bunny randomly on the phone. And and everyone, anyone who's friends with Bunny knows a conversation with Bunny on the phone is not a ten minute conversation. You're on the phone two hours later. You're like, girl, I have to go. And if then, you and dare she, pick up, yeah. If you, <laughs> if dare, you dare pick up, up, yeah, exactly. And then, <laughs> and I really enjoyed because I I find Bunny to be so smart and so insightful, and I love hearing her takes, whether they, they be hot <laughs> or cold. I'm very interested in it. And we decided to put on a podcast. Exactly. Well Bunny
0: was just yelling at me before this podcast. Like, why don't you ever pick up the phone when I call? And I'm like, girl, please. <laughs> no, but
2: this is this is this is why I don't this is why I don't like texting because I texted you all the info that I thought you needed, But you you, then you text me back and I'm not wired for text. Like I don't have my phone in my hand every second, like a millennial, you know, waiting uh, yeah. for orders. I, I just also, <laughs> if, 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 Because texting is so impersonal. It's like pushing buttons at someone. Like, here's the info that I want you to have. It's passive aggressive. I want to hear back and forth. Like, is that cool with you? Yeah, that's cool with me. And if it's like, yeah, that's cool. Then I know that it isn't really cool.
0: I think, so, from, I, I think somehow from I think somehow from from running a business for as long as I did I, I I mortally hated phone calls because it was always like a hassle you know I think that's mm-hmm. why I, I, I mean I don't know I, I don't know why I'm so used to texting now maybe it's maybe it is a, a post millennial thing people just
1: don't talk on the phone anymore I don't know
2: they do they get I, really I, depressed. Well, you know, I am.
1: <laughs> I I consider myself on the intersection of of Gen Z and Millennial, and mm-hmm. as someone who kind of straddles the fence of both worlds, I feel sometimes just talking on the. I, I I enjoy talking on the phone, but sometimes it's just quicker to get the information out via text. A text is just an even faster email, so I'm like all about it.
0: It's weird because somebody will. Well, if if I text somebody and they call me right back, I won't pick up because <laughs> it's like if if, if if I was mentally prepared to talk, I would have called you in the first place. Anyway, whatever. Right. It's, or or it's the true. thing
1: or the thing when when people ra- uh, like FaceTime you like without like when people <laughs> randomly Face, it is so fucking rude. Do not ever FaceTime me unless we planned it. I hate that. Well,
2: Sharon this... Needles does that all the time to me. All the wow. Time.
1: You still talk Jeez. to Sharon Needles?
0: Cancelled. She, oh wait no is she still canceled i yes. think so yeah okay poor thing <laughs> well no that's terrible because you know i was really good for i, I was i guess i still am but you know good friends with yeah. her but i think she she's mad at me because i had to unbook her for something because she was
1: canceled wait wait so tell me about how did you and bunny become friends because i mean san francisco new york we didn't.
0: Bunny and I used to be friends, yes. We, uh, you know, of course, of course, I, I, I knew about Bunny from when I was just a little child. You know, I looked up to her. Ah! And, uh, <laughs> and I, remember, I remember one of the first times I ever met her was um, at Wigstock West in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then I started Tranny Shack, and I was like, I have to book Lady Bunny. And then much, like, dis- despite popular demand, I, I kept bringing her back and uh, over the years we just <laughs> over the years we just kind of formed a, a, a friendship question mark, I guess, I don't know. But um, I think one of the last times I hung out with Bunny was we were in Iceland. We, uh, we went whale watching.
1: Oh my god! I want to go there. So I won a trip to Iceland on Draggers, my season on on All Stars Four. And when the season ended, it was time for me to cash in my trip. The airline that they did it through went bankrupt, so I never got to go. But Pink Iceland still wants me to come, so I def- I want to go. Away. What time of year do you go to do that?
0: Well, it's uh, it's in August actually. Uh, wasn't it last year, buddy? No, it was two years ago. Yeah, it's two always years. yeah, it's uh, it's always like the first or second week of. August. I'm going there next week, so I will tell them. You know, I'm sure they'd be thrilled to have you.
1: Well, I think it's very admirable of Bunny to um, to charge people tickets to see her swim. That's very nice. (laughs) (laughs) That's lovely, Bunny. Okay.
2: Okay. Now I I lost weight, so you can. I'm more like a um,
0: a manatee. uh, Manatee.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, honey, a womanatee. Okay. Don't even do it, you trans folks! <laughs> you can't take my womanhood!
1: Uh, <laughs> pepper.
2: pepper is gonna get on you.
1: Oh, not Pepper. Pe-
2: Pepper's my phone sex uh, lady voice. Anyway, so, bitch, Heklina is from Iceland. The bitch's name is fucking Grielko. Grigelko?
0: Well, no, that's well. So my my last name is Grigelco, but that's my dad. My dad's American, but my mother's Icelandic. That's the Icelandic connection. Um, no. So yeah, I'm going. I'm, I'm I'm going there next week to visit family, and I'm going to talk to the people who run Iceland Pride. I'm going to have a meeting with them. So yeah, we'd love to have you, Monet. I'm I'm not so sure they want to have Bunny back, but I'm not. I don't know.
2: Well, they wanted <laughs> to have me back last year, and I wasn't available.
0: Oh, okay. Never mind.
2: <laughs> I, I think I think it was you that they didn't want back, and yet you're going anyway, off season, to quote visit family unquote. Exactly. Because everyone knows that everyone knows in this day and age you have to go to the place because there's to meet with somebody because there's no Zoom or anything like that. Like the. Or, <laughs>
1: okay. Wait. So. so I want to so so, so <laughs> you and you and peaches meet in in sf and you guys have done a bunch of shows together
0: yeah, so peaches used to go to my club, and mm. it was kind of embarrassing. She was just she would just fawn over me, and you know, she would just like she worshipped the ground I walked on. And then <laughs> little by little, I started working with her, and and yeah, and then she became well known in her own way, and mm. and, and we, yeah, we began doing shows together. That's actually why I'm stopping off in Iceland on the way to the UK. That's really my purpose for my trip, and that's really oh. the purpose of that's really the purpose of me being on this podcast is to promote the. show. Uh, show we're doing in, in in the uk tell us about uh, it okay so it's a show that we did years ago uh to show you how long ago this was the show used to be called tranny dearest but it, <laughs> <laughs> but it's but it's now called mommy queerest uh, oh wait is, is that an ambulance coming for bunny what, what was that <laughs> uh <laughs> uh anyway uh so now it's called mommy queerest and it's a it's a parody of guess what camp classic we love oh, it we love it um wow <laughs> mommy
2: uh, uh,
0: wait. So, ma,
2: ma, <laughs>
0: mommy dead and dearest no uh mommy
2: uh, <laughs> oh wait i got it Mm-hmm. Mommy jeerist because it's a comedy where you jeer at each other.
0: Sort of, yes, exactly. Well, we've we did we actually did this show in San Francisco. We did it in Reykjavik, and now we're bringing it to London and Manchester, and um, and yeah. So uh, we're going there uh, beginning of next month. Uh, what is next month? April, yeah. And we're doing the shows um, the whole
1: month actually in London and Manchester. Oh wow, so, so how many, okay, sorry, give me money, go ahead, sorry. You,
2: no, you go ahead, you go ahead.
1: No, no, I, I was gonna ask, what, what is the oh. run? How many how many days are you doing in London? How many days in Manchester?
0: We're doing six shows in Manchester and 16 shows in London. Uh, we're doing, yeah, at the Soho Theater and then we're also doing uh, in Manchester at a place called Home. Word.
2: Okay. So, yeah. and you're doing, the Soho Theater is in London and what are the dates with that?
0: Oh gosh. Um, i just go to Soho theater.com.
2: Bitch, you are such a, a terrible promoter. I'm like, you, 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 you didn't even. You, you, I, but I, Oh, my God. I love that you didn't even say Peaches, your co-star's last name. Like, you two are like household name. Ooh, Peaches and Heclina. Oh, it's not a funny spelling. Just Google it.
0: Oh, wait, here it is uh wednesday the 12th through saturday the 28th of april at the soho theater in london yeah and then we're doing shows before that in manchester at home oh it's home mcr.com so yeah check it out Uh, but we have some british people in the show george dubois george bourgeois do you know who that is bunny
2: Yes, I've seen his picture. I mean, I don't know who he is, but he's like a theater person.
0: A theater person, yes, yes. Uh, a panto. He does panto. Oh,
1: panto! Oh, I love they love. I've never seen a panto. I, I, they do, they do so much of it in the UK. I've never seen one. Doesn't um, wasn't detox just in a panto out there?
0: Yes, the, she in, was in, in the West detox End. Was.
1: Yeah, detox was in a panto there.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm
1: excited.
0: I love, I, I, I so, love so the. Well,
2: so ahead. the bar is really really low for UK theater. Oh apparently so apparently so you apparently and so. detox. <laughs> <laughs> um, so
1: can you tell what is Okay, Monet, I'm feeling your pain. <laughs> you know what I go through that. Okay. <laughs> so for the, so <laughs> So is this so is is this similar to other Peaches productions we've seen like um, Bring It On Queen or Legally Black? Is it a so it's a it's a parody? No, this one's gonna be good. (laughs) This one's gonna be good. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No,
0: uh, yes, it's it's a parody, but the only exception is it's it won't be followed by the film. So it's actually Mm. uh, we're we're fleshing it out to to turn it into a full length show. You know the shows that you were that you've been involved in with Peaches were pretty kind of short, and then they'd be yeah. followed by the movie screening. Um, Some
2: would say mercifully short.
0: Many, many would say that. Many would say that. What was the last show you did with Peaches, Monet?
1: It was Bring It On, Queen, with myself and Bob. It was a parody of um, of uh... a Bring It On. Uh, bring it on, <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, I heard bring it on. It was really fun, and but the last thing I did at SF was I did the Holiday Gaiety, and we um, we evoked your name many times. But I was really sad that you weren't a part of it when I was doing it. Well, Peaches won't uh, won't
0: ever book me for that. She's afraid that I'll up- upstage her. So, <laughs>
2: well, so so just in case everyone doesn't know. Peach's Christ is a San Francisco based drag queen. Um, Friends with Heclina, friends with me, friends with Monet, and has worked with a bunch of different queens because she has really made a. I mean, she always had a name for herself in San Francisco, but she's really expanded her reach, obviously, with this show coming up in London, and also with a bunch, using a bunch of drag queens as guest stars, combining San Francisco queens, usually because Peach is a film teacher. I can't believe I've got a fucking do your spiel for you heckling you dunce but um, but but she she puts on these you know like a cast of thousands you know like like starring a a couple of drag race queens you know parroting popular movies and sometimes adding songs and lip sync numbers and it's it's a tray gay affair
0: yeah, yeah, it's true. Uh I I'm sorry I I didn't give a spiel just cuz I am so close to Peaches. I I just assume everybody knows what she does, but yes, she she really made an an imprint especially on the at the Castro Theater in San Francisco, which is currently embroiled in a lot of controversy. So she actually won't be doing any shows at the Castro Theater anymore. I think she's moved away from that. But um but this Pink. is oh go ahead.
2: Oh, please tell me about the the Castro Theater controversy yeah, what's because that? it's a it's a beautiful theater in the heart of the gay area of San Francisco. The Castro, I mean, it's like an old fashioned, magnificent movie theater. Mm-hmm. You know, back from the, the 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 golden days of movies where you would go in and someone would play the organ. That's not suggestive. Um, right. They would play the organ. <laughs> you know, bef- in a warm up before the movie, like a giant old pipe. Oregon, a lot of pipes being blown in San Francisco, but yes. um, the the uh, this is a this is this kind of crystallized the gay movie experience, not just because of Peaches things, but because of vintage films that they revive, because of gay film festivals that are hosted there, live performances like the Peaches Christmas thing, and so now uh, over the years, so I went I went to uh, San Francisco probably. Uh, eight years ago and they were play on the marquee was r kelly um trapped in the closet or was it locked in the closet oh my god okay the trapped in the closet saga
1: <laughs> i mean i know r kelly is a horrible disgusting human being but when trapped that was like when i was like in middle or, high, or, or, or middle school or something like that and that trapped in the closet saga was so fucking good they played it at the castro
2: Yes. And, and so, so, I mean, after years, I mean, decades of going there and seeing like, you know, a Wizard of Oz revival or or, you know, uh, uh, Mommy Dearest or, you know, anything mm-hmm. that makes gay people, you know, scream, um you know, old Betty Davis films, you know, campy stuff mm-hmm. with Barbara Stammer or whatever. That was where a bunch of I mean, th- this is gay subculture because we've always gra- gravitated to the best and sometimes the campiest movies. So there was another pro- promoter named Mark,
0: Hustis? Mark, H- Mark
2: Hustis, Hustis, yes. Hustis who lives with you in Palm Springs. Bianca's there. I got to figure out what's what's the deal. I guess y'all are just old. Um, Cause it's not very nice there. No, I'm just kidding. It's beautiful. So, 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 I when I saw the R. Kelly trapped in the closet movie, which is like a, a video, a movie length video um, before R. Kelly was convicted, before he was canceled, I was like, "This is not what she." You... So are they are they trying to attract straight people? Because I don't think I don't think gay people are really coming out to see um, uh, trapped in the closet unless they're young and gay and black. Maybe they are. And I'm not saying it's, it's bad or good. I'm just saying it was a real departure. So I think that was right. a real. What 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 is happening with the Castro? Because like I don't come from San Francisco, but I cling to that as like a beacon of gay culture.
0: Sure. Well, the Castro Theater is the crown and the Jewel the, the jewel in the crown of the Castro. I mean, it, it, I, mean I, I remember the first time I went to the Castro Theater vividly to see Sunset Boulevard. I remember that experience of seeing with all these other ho- homosexuals laughing at all the references. Uh, but um, but the problem is, single theater cinemas just it wasn't bringing in business. I mean, they had amazing double features like The Eyes of Laura Mars and the Day of the Locust, and nobody was going to it. People would go whenever it was like the, the the film festivals or special events. So the Nassars, the owners of the theater, decided to sell to sell it and move on. Especially during the pandemic, I think this all went down during the pandemic, and uh, they sold it to Another Planet, which is a music, you know, the uh, it's a it's like Live Nation or Ticketmaster, you know, they oh. put a, you, know, you know what I mean. So <clears throat> their intention is to remove the seats from the Castro Theater so that they can have you know it'd people it'd be like standing. a performance
1: like rock hall
0: yes and then if and if there is a film festival they would just bring in a folding seat, your chairs or whatever i i really don't know the exact plans but there's uh i'm kind of removed from it cuz i live in Palm Springs but from what i can tell there's all these old preservationists who want to save the seats but they haven't come up with an with a uh Solution to how are you going to bring people to the Castro? Whereas another planet, I mean, it would bring a lot of business to the the Castro is a, you know, really sad neighborhood right now. Like it's boarded up shops and, you know, brick and mortar stores are, are not people aren't going and shopping at them anymore. They're all online now. So the Castro theater did bring a lot of business to the neighborhood. So having it shut like it is right now is not doing anybody any favors. So it's a big people are fighting over it. Save the seats. But these seats are decrepit and broke down kind of like bunny you know and 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 i don't know More like
1: bunny's teeth
2: uh, no honey you don't sit down on me i sit down on you i'm a top i sit down on top of you
1: okay Baby, so anyway, a yeah. honey.
0: <laughs> yes uh so anyway yeah the Castro theater is embroiled in controversy, but it's currently shut down and it's not doing anybody any favors. So, so anyway,
2: you know I have a funny memory from there because I met um, Mark Quaestus, who was kind of doing a. He, he, Mark Twain didn't create shows to go with the movies, but he would get the star of the movies, which Peaches also does because she loves John Waters and mm-hmm. Mink Stole to come and and do a, a question and interview um, segment after. I think sometimes in English it's known as question and answer, but um, uh, an interview segment with the star of the film. And so they were getting people, you know, I know these are not big names today, but like Tippi Hedren from Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds, um, you know, to, to come there and mm-hmm. actually speak to people. So I was, I don't, he hired me for a couple of them. I saw um, you,
0: the, the, the one you did was, I think was Sandra D, wasn't it?
2: Yes. And I met Sandra and Tab Hunter. mm mm-hmm. um, and um, they, they another... both
0: died shortly after that, I think.
1: Yeah, because yeah, you well, know, Bunny's uh, very
2: venereal. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm so sorry that I can't be as healthy as the San Francisco gays.
1: Oh my God.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Lady Bunny, you take that back. That is not nice. <laughs> <laughs>
2: so, so. When... <laughs> Oh my God, I hope I hope our listeners find this podcast as as entertaining as uh, as Hena uh, does. Oh my God. So one time Mark, I, I thought he didn't hire me for this. I was just in San Francisco and wanted to go because it was kind of like a club. you know, I mean, it was like you you would go, you would wear your outfit, you would see and be seen. It was for lack of a better word, a gay, safe space, but they had a screening of mommy dearest going full circle back to your play coming up in London, mommy queerest in April, um, which actually had, um, Jones, Joan Crawford's daughter. Oh, I did that
0: one. I, I, I I hosted it. Yeah. So at
2: that point, yes, Christina, Christine, get me the, exactly. At -hmm. that point I did, uh, I had seen the movie so many times that I didn't really need to see it again. And I was kind of in a dressing room holding area with Christina. Okay. Oh, oh God. So she'd come out and done a little interview and then they screened the movie. And I was kind of like, I said to her, what does it feel like to, to be in this huge theater with all of these gay men howling every time your mom picks up a wire hanger—that's another right. famous line from the movie *No More Wire*. To beat you, and you know, I mean, she was honest. I mean, she was like, you know, obviously it was a gig for her, um, you know, to, because she had a book, and that was what um, *Mommy Dearest* was based on—Joan Crawford's daughter and how what a what a hellacious mom she was. And I was like, you know, that really is wild, but that really is like a, a perfect encapsulation of, of one type of gay subtext, which is mm-hmm. we like campy stuff like divine eating dog poop in John Waters movies or, you know, whatever happened to baby Jane, uh, you know, another Betty davis and joan crawford because they were older and it was just so campy but i mean that it's it's not exactly woke to cheer for child abuse but those were different times
1: yeah
0: yeah i mean well this is a larger conversation and that is what defines camp so my my aunt was just here my uh my dad's sister was visiting me and i was trying to explain camp to her but um but you know, the experience of seeing a movie in the Castro Theater with other gay people, like a movie like Sunset Boulevard or a movie like Baby Jane and laughing at all the campy parts. I mean, it's hard to explain why some some things some things people try to purposely create to be campy and it it falls flat. But then you have something like Mommy Dearest where it's just a gold mine or Showgirls or something mm. like that. So I was trying to explain this to her but I couldn't quite you know i couldn't quite put my finger on what defines camp
2: well Liberace, if you know who that is is camp
0: <clears throat> who right. is the,
2: the 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 actress from white lotus that said the uh, gay thing jennifer burleigh yes she's camp she's yeah. camp um but, when lady gaga wears a meat dress I, it's, it's camp not. but it's a little it's a little too serious it's it's
0: yeah it's, it it doesn't really go into the camp kind of you see uh, but
1: i i disagree i feel like that goes into like a more like uh, like like uh, a more editorial kind of camp. What like, do you I feel mean like by that? A little, I feel like there is. I feel there is nuance to camp. Like there is like over the top campiness. Like if like I, I know I know we don't want to talk about the show, but um, the comp the competition drag reality show on television. There are. <laughs> 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 There are so many different <clears throat> levels and 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 uh, and variety and, and variations of camp. Like there is Eureka O'Hara camp, but there's also Alaska camp, which is it's campy, but it's different. You know what I mean? There's stuff that Simone does, like having wearing a dress where you have two hands out of your head with nails on it. That's campy, but it's still a very like avant-garde fashion editorial kind of camp. No, you're okay. right. Yeah, you're
2: right. It camp is very nuanced, and things can have elements of of camp. I mean, if you're wearing a meat dress and running around with a meat tenderizer and a one sauce in your other hand, that would make it more obvious camp. But right. obviously, yes, making a dress out of meat is some sort of camp. It's just that it's less camp if you see it as fashion. But right. you know, people right. struggle to define, you know, camp. But uh I like I define uh,
0: myself as a tramp. A tramp, exactly. That's what I, mean, I like. I like camp, but I don't like kitsch. And I guess there's a fine line between the two, you know. Okay, what I what's mean? kitsch? How what's kitsch? Who's who's kitschy? Well kitsch is is more like a
2: uh, uh cutesy vintage.
0: Yeah, like, um,
2: I mean you could say that those Mexican skulls that we see every Halloween are are kitsch now.
0: Pet rocks. Pet rocks. If you you were alive in the 70s, which you weren't, Monet, like a pet rock or like something like H.R. Puffin stuff is kind of kitsch, I guess. Girl, we got some
2: old references. (laughs) That's true. The the reason why camp is hard to describe nowadays is because we don't see a lot of obvious camp like the village people were obvious camp they were gay right. guys who were dressed as butch you know like indian chief uh, mm-hmm. you know uh, i don't want to be disrespectful maybe it wasn't a chief but it was an indian one of them one was a construction worker one was a leather man you know so it's so like they were gay as hell and the songs were about staying at the ymca but mm-hmm. you didn't know it was camp if you bought them as straight guys that's if what I mean. The, yeah. If you saw, if you ne- been inside a gay bar and seen those types of guys, uh, you know, a construction worker. I mean, not that I see that today, but um, mm-hmm. you know, you know what I mean. So my question for you is: um, a lot of the peaches Christ movies have been uh, newer movies, like Bring It On, Queen that you did with Monet and Bob, and Peppermint. Because I don't, I want to be inclusive. Uh, she's no, a she, she wasn't.
1: She wasn't bringing on Queen Peppermint. That was a separate thing. Where um, oh, I was. I was. I, I was at Oasis with Heclina and they, those two showed up.
2: Oh, uh, was that? Was that at the reparations night that they do now? Oh, oh <laughs> I I, 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 I'm, I, I'm wondering what, why Heclina has never been booked to perform there. I haven't either. Shockingly, enough. At,
0: at reparations.
2: <laughs> yes. They, they weren't uh, interested in me, and I said, you know, this is the same response that I got when I went to audition for the Wiz. <laughs> you know, this is just not fitting Monet. you're not being very inclusive. What did
1: what what, what 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 did you like did you audition to be the what, the fucking house? What was you what did you audition to be?
2: Oh. <laughs> oh my god, Heckle has a terrible effect on you. <laughs> so, so obviously, you know, Joan Crawford anything or, you know, the, the Mommy Dearest is from the early 80s, right? So this, this is not going to be fresh in people's mind. yet, like the Castro Theater, this is very much an old school kind of San Francisco camp where we do keep our older, you know, movie stars from the golden age of Hollywood alive. Or at least we we, we like to laugh at, you know, people beating their kids <laughs> Well, that, yeah. Gays, gays aren't going to laugh at people beating their kids if they actually see it, but if it's a movie where you, actors and extras, you know, nobody got hurt.
0: Well, I mean, the, the the reason why Mommy Dearest is so so ridiculous is because the you know, of course, when when my aunt I, I I watched Mommy Dearest with her and she was like, why why do gays or why do you celebrate this movie where somebody's beating up on their child, because it's so, such a ridiculous movie. The script is so ridiculous. The acting is so over the top. And I think maybe you need a gay lens or, you know, gay eyes somehow to see it. I, I don't, I don't know why, but, but, but like, yeah, like, like, like your village people reference, like the, those songs were sold to America and people bought it like crazy, but nobody was going, Oh, look at that leather queen, like straight out of like, you know, a, a, a some bondage movie or whatever. Yeah, it was. Crazy. Yeah, and singing,
2: singing, young man. There's no need to feel down because you can stay <laughs> at the YMCA where they do what? Allegedly, I would know.
0: So they were selling queerness to America, basically, and uh, but they were, but America was buying it with completely devoid of irony. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So
2: well, and it was also that. Um, Joan Crawford was a a, 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 a a gay icon because she was so nutty and had the you know eyebrows and the signature hairdos and whatever but also because Faye Dunaway something of a gay icon Really jumped in there and made the role her own. She was beautiful, but she did a character part, so it wasn't like a leading lady. And man, did she deliver with that cold cream on her face! Oh God, you know, acting insane. A lot of people say there's another level of camp because Faye Dunaway is quite a, an imperious. Uh, person who like Joan likes things done a certain way. So it was a double whammy of sorts.
0: It's it true. And Faye Dunaway was also the last movie star who acted in that old Hollywood way, like that over-the-top acting that Susan Hayward or Joan Crawford used to act like that. You know what I mean? Well she was the
2: last one to receive the the old school Hollywood grooming where you were taken into a room and fucked like gay people do kids. No, (laughs) Um,
0: (laughs) God.
2: (laughs) <laughs> where, where, where you were, you, where, 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 I mean, you were signed as a property because someone thought you had the goods, yeah. and so then you were taken into a hair studio and tried out with many different hairstyles. They fussed over your lighting and you know to because the golden age of Hollywood was just ending to make sure that you looked not just beautiful because Faye is very beautiful, but ridiculously beautiful. So this was also, I mean, you know, they tried on different colors, everything. Like they gave me the speech lessons and yeah, Faye was, I think the last one.
0: Yeah. And I mean, it's, it, it is, uh, it is also unfortunate that her, that she views that role in mommy dearest as having killed her career because she was so brilliant in that role. But it's also kind of sad if you're a a worship I worship old movie stars and uh, most people only associate Joan Crawford with that movie, people don't even, they couldn't oh, even yeah. name, they, they couldn't even name I, a Joan could, Crawford
1: movie. I could not name a single Joan Crawford movie besides, I, I I don't know, all I know about Joan Crawford is Mommy Dearest.
0: Exactly, which is a really a shame because she was such an amazing star, you know. Uh, and, she, and she became this camp because she started as this glamour girl and by the end of her career, she was doing johnny guitar and she looked like a drag queen she looked like a man you know so she did transform yeah. into this kind of well it's an old hollywood way that doesn't exist anymore but still
2: when, when you kind of speak mm. with that accent that they call Mid-Atlantic, so you're, you you may be an American actress, but you still speak in this manner. They can, and it sounds like you're not quite English and not quite American, so they call it Mid-Atlantic, like you rose out of the seas in between.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah she just uh, became. But... Yeah, the, yeah, it's weird. Well, well the switch... other thing
2: is that we didn't really know anything about Joan Crawford's personal life until this. Book came out and she was a top star. So to see underneath it that Joan was not just kind of like a control freak, you know, um, also often drunk, uh, you know, who it turns out according to this book abused her kids. So it 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 is a it is a it a, a, it, it it is a lot. But so how do you go over to England and know that? This these older divas are celebrated, as much as they are in San Francisco, well, and Provincetown and other places where they do you know similar shows.
0: Well, thankfully, there's not there isn't a language barrier. You know, like if if, if we tried doing this show in Germany or something, mm-hmm. they, they they definitely don't get camp there. Like they uh, they they would. Actually I think Peaches went and did Voss is Camp. There. camp. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I think British people, even maybe even more so than uh, than Americans, they appreciate camp. And they have a long tradition of camp drag and um, well, you know, I, I don't need to tell you, Bunny. You know all about those old like Lily Savage and all those old queens. And um,
2: yeah. yeah, but they're talented.
0: <laughs> they're also dead.
2: <laughs> <So> <laughs>
0: you got to replace you gotta replace. <laughs> so so yeah, Mame, let's let's talk about a reference that happened this century. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 well, no. I, I, I know I know we're talking about old stuff, so I don't know if your fans are going to know no, no, what no, are no, talking no. about.
1: Well, I, I just want to say, but but with that, though, I think that lots of, you know, queer millennials and Gen Zers, I think I think as a queer person. Like you do have to s- seek some of this stuff out, right? Like you should seek out and 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 like some 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 Joan Crawford stuff, some Betty Davis stuff, because it's just it is part of gay canon. And I just think if we don't have shows like this show that you guys are doing and and things that harken back to this time, then it's just gonna be forgotten about.
0: Yeah. I, I think, and, and you know, people, uh, especially now with people being so PC and stuff, which I think maybe it's starting to shift the other direction now. But um, I I don't know. I, I have a sense of humor about this kind of stuff. You know, uh, sometimes the most tragic stuff, uh, you have to kind of laugh at it. No jokes, Bunny. No jokes.
2: Oh, <laughs> uh, I was going to say Year's. your makeup. That's I do. Don't, don't I joke knew. about your makeup.
0: I, I knew you were going to say something like that um but yes you're right but is, isn't it weird though Monet I mean talking just uh from a your point of view do you have what what kind of references do you have like as far as black references from to oh touch my god, upon? so
1: so many like, like things like 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 Martin like living single like all these things that I'm like <laughs> that if you're if you're not a black millennial uh person even like some Gen Zers they 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 they, they don't get it and I'm like so while, like, people, a lot, a lot of my friends in high school, like, and who were in MT and stuff, while they were watching things like Golden Girls and stuff like that, mm-hmm. I was watching Martin. I was watching the Jamie Foxx show. I was watching, you know, all these, like, um, Waiting to Exhale, like, all these things that a lot of, uh, you know, people so, who are black don't get.
2: So you're anti-white, racist.
1: Oh, absolutely. Fuck white. Good, <sighs> good. Just
2: checking. Want
1: this, to make this, want to make sh- yeah,
0: yeah. Fuck white yeah. people. I, I always like black men who, who like to fuck white people. Uh, but anyway.
2: Uh, well, I mean, well, when you I mean, couldn't when you couldn't get a black woman.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, no, going back, I'm, I'm a little bit a little bit older than you, Monet, but I was raised with television. And to me, the holy trinity of black humor in the 70s, as far as television was D from What's Happening. Uh-huh. Ah! Uh, Aunt, uh uh Aunt Esther from Sanford and Son uh-huh. and Mother Jefferson from the Jeffersons.
2: So You know, said Weezy. it <clears throat>
0: the, Yeah, these oh and, and Wheezy, but but especially Mother Jefferson, you know, the uh, George's mother. Yeah uh, the, the, the hands in the <laughs> air.
2: Hands, every hand in the air, every fucking line, that bitch, we fucking were Right. I just saw a picture of her young today. She's been dead a few years. The mother from the Jefferson. She was, was, uh, a, a absolutely brilliant comedian. You picked some good ones. Ann Esther from Sanford and son. Yeah. And, um, and, I mean, I loved wheezy too, because like me, she has no neck, but, um, <laughs> the, uh, the, the, the thing I want to say about, you know, like different people, not knowing like the younger gay people, not knowing stuff. It's like, I remember when Rue uh, said a few seasons ago something about you know Diana Ross and the kids knew who she were, she was, but didn't mm. know, couldn't really name a song, and so, I mean, you know, I mean, I I know Rue and his love for Diana Ross as which I share well enough to to say, part of it is not like oh you're offending me because you're young and you don't know gay subtext of a different generation but you kind of want them to know it so that they can get in on the whatever, laugh about Mommy Dearest or the beauty of Diana Ross's, you know, uh, glamor or music or, you know, whatever. So, but at the same time, we may want them to know that. And this was an embarrassing moment for me because Larry Kramer, the AIDS activist who passed away for was a big hero of mine. And um, he had me over to his house one time to do an interview, and he asked me if I had read his 1978 book, Faggots. I hadn't read it, and I had to realize I could never accuse anyone of not knowing something that they should know, because I was just in this man's house telling him I didn't know his book written about gay culture on Fire Island called Faggots. So you know what you know. We would like to turn younger people on to stuff that drove us wild and hope that it will drive them wild. Um, but but people know what they know. They're going to be a product of their race, their generation, their, you know, I mean, it's, it's we, we can't, the older ones can't expect too much and we can't put down younger people for not knowing what they know. We can just try to show it to them and hope, it, hope they like it.
0: Yeah, of course. I mean, when when I'm around younger gays, and and I'm like, uh, I say Judy Garland, and they're like, oh, uh, <laughs> you know. Or, or I, I say, you know, who was Liza Minnelli's mother, and they're like, um, I don't know, you know. And I I, I want to say, you fucking idiot, but really, I have to. I mean, that to me, that's inexcusable. But still, <laughs> you know, oh, no. everybody has their own journey, I suppose. I I don't know about a lot of stuff. That's going on these days, so I'm, I'm not very with it, I guess.
2: Well, you're a retiree. You're a retiree. I was just
1: going to make the point of, like, so, like, because I know sometimes older folk will get mad at young people for not doing old stuff. But then you can flip the thing when, like, young people are like, well, you don't know shit that's going on today, so, bitch, pot kettle.
0: It's true. Yeah. No, it's true.
2: And that's what happens when you reach a certain age. You stop taking in new influences and the thing that everyone cares about you know oh jennifer coolidge on white lotus you're like okay oh, it looks fun but i'm not going to really run to to do it just because you young people said that i need to or it's rocking your world so if we're not listening to each other we're not listening to to to, to anybody but it's everyone's right to say girl you tried to turn me onto that but you failed.
0: Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I was recently in San Francisco and I, I went to a show at Oasis. And the whole show, the premise of the whole show was Real Housewives. And I was there to to support it because a friend of mine was producing it. And everybody was in stitches all around me, and they knew every reference, and I didn't know any of it because I don't watch television. So I don't really. So it's have... kind
2: of, So it's kind of like your show in London, except no one will be in stitches. <laughs>
0: Monet, I feel your pain. You got, you got it, girl. Mm-hmm.
1: Now, <laughs> why? Okay. <laughs> all right. Okay. So, all right. So you're oh, in oh. London. Yes. After you do London, are you guys? Are you guys bringing it back? Because maybe I. It was. It did happen. I know in it, it, it SF. But what about touring around the states? Is that a thing? No, um, you know
0: the reality well, is uh, the reality there has is,
2: to be a demand. there has to be a demand before you w- well,
0: I was just about to say uh ne- because we're not on this television show that I'm not gonna talk about uh it, it really <laughs> it, it really is hard now to kind of sell tickets if if you're not in yeah. that, uh in that show, you know what I mean so um we are playing at a smaller theater in the u k, you know, and uh and also in, Man- in Manchester and London. Uh, so, no. Actually, after this, I'm going to fly to Puerto Vallarta for Peach's wedding.
1: Um, she's Oh, my married. God, yes. yes. She invited me to that, but I can't make it. I'm so sad. Yeah, yeah. So well, she be...
2: didn't invite me. Uh, she invited both of you and not well, me. Well, sh- okay. she wanted
1: people who would give wedding gifts. She didn't invite cheap people. Exactly. <gasps>
2: Maybe she was worried about keeping her husband.
1: Have you seen <laughs> me lately? Yes.
2: Oh, okay. I
0: think she was afraid of scaring her husband away. I think she was afraid because it's a beach wedding that you might get harpooned. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Fe- I'm not. Okay. Fe- so as you as you can see, Hecklena and Peaches are hilarious, and if you are in the UK in London or Manchester, go and see Mommy Queerest. Get a little gay subculture and to very entertaining. San Francisco drag legend.
0: Well, yes, thank you, thank you. Is this it? Is that it?
1: Well, um, pretty it much. A, it was such a pleasure having you on, Heraclina. You're, I'm, I'm happy we got to we got to tango for a little bit. Yes, thank you so much for having me.
2: Well, well, back one more thing. Is this show kid friendly? Because you know every drag show's got to be kid friendly now. Or they are
0: absolutely the not. And I do, I do not approve of children and drag shows. I'm sorry. I
1: you, know, I'm sorry. I, I you know, I agree. Here's the thing with the drag queen story hour thing is that mm-hmm. you know, like I, I again, I none of none of the shows I've ever done, my nightclub acts or mm-hmm. my one-woman shows or my stand-up, they're not kid friendly. They're I've never had kids at my show, right? And then now because of all this legislation and all this stuff. Now people now we're all forced to take on this thing of fighting for children at drag shows when I never wanted kids at my drag show. I never want gotcha. children at my drag shows. But because of all this stuff now we have to be like, "No, kids should parents should be able to bring them to shows" when the reality is I never want them there. Exactly. Every show that I've ever done has I've never once
0: cr- created a show with my the thought of like, "Oh, will this play to kids?" You know, right. like to me, drag should always be subversive and dangerous and adult, you know, the humor and all that stuff. But I think I think the the, the battle, it, it turned from kids and drag. Now it is trying to say that, that drag queens are a threat. So it's a larger issue. But yeah. but yeah, well, what
2: I what I think is interesting <clears throat> and that you're both saying and that I agree with um, is that. I don't want to perform for kids. So the Republicans or conservatives or whatever are accusing us of wanting to groom kids and get the, get them while we're in drag and they're young and be sexual with them and and like no, that is not what the us three are, are saying. I mean, we don't want actually don't want to be around kids. So there is At all. you know And and I don't understand why we're not saying you're accused. When somebody accuses you of something. It's not the best argument to say, well, you have birthday parties at Hooters or you give your kids guns or you're Catholics yeah. and the priests. But so, I mean, that is an argument that shows that the Republicans are hypocritical Yeah, when they when they subject that isn't that doesn't. And so and so what is their judgment, you know, on this anyway? Um, but. At the same time, yeah, let it be known we're not all we, we don't want to be around. We don't want to really want to perform for kids because we know that our act is really not for it. Also, I just want to get this out there because we didn't know it last week, and we talked about drag queen story hours. So apparently, an even newer law says that the Tennessee drag queens, and there's laws in all these states sponsored by conservatives, the Tennessee drag show performers, even in a nightclub, even if they're not doing drag queen story hours in a library or something they have to get an adult entertainment license just like a stripper would um you know in in the bible belt oh so that's a so hassle
0: so not even a regular entertainment li- entertainment license it has to be an adult entertainment license
2: well i mean i don't think regular entertainers have to get um uh, license, but they're, they're, um, otherwise you would be out of luck. Um, so, but, but, but what, you know, what, what it basically says is that we want to, we want to classify this as seditious right. when I don't think anything going on in the drag queen story hours, um, is even though they can, they will, the Republicans will amplify right. the cases when there was a Houston drag queen who had had sex with an eight-year-old boy and then started doing drag? So, d- did they want to get around kids? I mean, they admitted that their screening process was not the best. Right. Harmonica says when she does a drag queen story hour in New York and New Jersey, they do a chest, a check of her wardrobe. Mm-hmm. To, wow. And she's wearing high neck, long know. sleeve. Ain't nothing tight. Ain't no girdle. Ain't no breastplate. Ain't no reveals. She's just reading a story. Well, so. I,
0: I think. I think much with joining the military and wanting to get married, uh, this is not something that I care about. Like, I, I, I mean, I feel like you should be able to do it, but but pr- reading nursery rhymes in front of children is not a cross that I'm willing to die on. And, uh, and also, I will say, I kind of like all this because it's making drag subversive and interesting again. And for a while, drag was so mainstream and boring because of a certain television show that I won't mention. Um, but... <laughs> Uh, not I mean not not just because of that but you know all drag has become in a way is brunch and bingo and uh you know whatever and so I I like the fact that it's being seen as dangerous and that's kind of how I liked gay culture back in the day before that became mainstream so yeah it is it is a big uh it's a much bigger discussion Well,
2: well let me ask you this just one more thing um so I, I agree with what you said, that it's changed now that drag can be in more places like drag brunches and mm. um, theaters and whatnot or these big drag race tours. But, I mean, isn't part of this that gay men stopped going to bars? I mean, this is... this is I mean, with grinder and stuff, they don't need to. The bars were snotty and trying all this VIP mm-hmm. bottle service and shit at a time when people didn't have a lot of money. So... It's like the drag queens do need an audience. So if it's going to be, you know, a girl cisgender girls or, or or families or whatever at a brunch, yeah, we still need to pay our bills. And the gay, I mean, that's that's why the um, not just the gay people, the straight people don't club like they used to. So there's not going to be any football field sized club mm-hmm. that pays me and Amanda. You know, Lepore, uh, you know, to run around and pass out drink tickets.
0: Right, right. To, yeah. To,
2: to get, because there's so many people paying to get in. I mean, if it's a small size club, they've got a small budget. So it's going to have to be a brunch or a tour, um, you know, like that, where they can get enough people in because all the clubs are small now. So that, I mean, sometimes I hear this stuff about our safe spaces and I think, well, did you voluntarily leave your safe spaces because there was a dick five feet away?
0: Well, yeah, it's true. I mean, of course, it's changing. This is another larger discussion. Having run a nightclub myself, I, I, I felt the pain of a gay nightclub, you have to program it to get people in because you're right, you can stay at home and order in dick. You, you don't have to go to a nightclub anymore, which back in the day before the internet, that was the main reason why you went out was to get laid, you know, right. So you, you do have to be more inventive. And yes, people aren't going out anymore. Um, hey bitch,
1: now, now, Dick is like DiGiorno, girl. You could just stay home and put that shit in the <laughs> fucking microwave. Like, you can order everything, and I mean, Netflix. I mean,
0: television is amazing. You can order in Dick. You can order food. You can order in weed and alcohol. There's no reason to leave your house. So, well, so
2: if I if I order Dick from DiGiorno's, can I ask for extra cheese? Oh yeah, if. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> I almost said something that probably got me canceled. I'm happy I stopped
0: myself. Well, good, good. It's a good thing you can edit this podcast and get rid of all the cancelable things. Right?
2: No, we want those. This, there's no censors on the podcast.
1: Oh, okay, all right. The only thing I want to censor is Bunny's face.
2: (laughs) Oh, and 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 a podcast does censor that. Uh, heck, Lena, this okay. is such a
1: pleasure having you on. Thank you so much for stopping by. Everyone, please make sure to tell them again where they can get tickets and when you're going to be in the UK.
0: Okay, you can go to theater.com and that's theater spelled the British way. T-H-E-A-T-R-E. I don't know why they have to be so snotty about the way they spell that. And then you can, <laughs> and then you can go for Manchester tickets, go to HomeMCR.com. I will be there all next month, April of 2023. Thank you for having me.
2: Oh, no, the two of you are hilarious together. Separately, there's tragic tears.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Atta girl.